Welcome to our ECP podcast series where we talk about exciting activities in the department. I'm your host Santosh Pandey. Our guest today is Professor Liang Dong from the Electrical and Computer Engineering Department at Iowa State University. Liang, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. Today we want to chat about sensors and actuators and more importantly your perspective on student involvement in this field. To start with, could you briefly tell us about your research on smart agriculture and the impact it has had so far? Sure, Santosh. First of all, thanks for having me here. I'm um, very glad to talk about my research. We are living in a new age of agriculture, and a big portion of my research is to develop new sensing and measurement technology to enhance agricultural productivity, profitability, and the environmental conservation. We are looking at smart and digital agriculture that leverages technology to enhance sustainability through more efficient use of uh, inputs, for example, the land, water, fertilizer, pesticides. My specific research in this context is to design low-cost sensors for real-time measurement of nutrients, water, and disease to provide information to farmers and other stakeholders and help them in decision-making process for on-farm operations and management. These um, measurements will allow farmers to apply fertilizer, water, and pesticides to only the area that needed them. In this way, the farming and the conservation communities will be very happy to see the reduction of input costs and the negative environmental impacts. So farmers who use digital or smart agricultural equipment use less and grow more. That's the whole idea that we are trying to realize. That's great. So as far as the input cost goes, in your understanding, the cost of fertilizers is a main driver. Exactly. A fertilizer, for example, um, nitrogen fertilizer, is the second highest input after seed in agriculture, at least for corn or maize plants. And is that within the United States and Iowa, or is that effect at a global level? I think this is um, not only for regional and, uh, and national, this is also for global scale. Same concept could be applied to any place in the world as long as we are looking at both productivity, profitability, as well as the environmental conservation. This is the driving force of my research. So moving on to the next question, how has the field of sensors and actuators evolved in recent times? Well, so when we say sensors and actuators, I would like to you know, give a very definition of uh, sensor and actuators. Sensor here is for sense and send information. And actuator is to take action and activate. Actuators gets a signal and send, sets in motion what it needs to in order to do act within or upon one environment. So that's the actuators. So sensors and actuators always work together. And in the past decades, we have seen great improvement in both sensors and actuators. And the sensors become like more intelligent and measure more accurately at lower cost and also have been more integrative into measurement assistance for new applications. Especially nowadays, we all are talking about the Internet of Things. And the intelligent sensors or smart sensors 
I believe are at the basis of the real Internet of Things or IoT, which people define as some network of connected ITO devices that, by definition, include the intelligent sensors. Yeah, so we have seen great、uh, progress in、um, achievements in both sensors and actuators. Just to take a car as an example. There are lots of、uh, technologies、uh, embedded in the car, and these technologies,、uh, most of them, rely on sensors and to detect defection of、uh, the sensors or to. To detect the defection of the cars, people use、uh, measurement technology software. Most of them involve the sensors, right? There's a massive number of sensors involved in the car repair or car inspection. So we are touching kind of all the hot topics today: the application of sensors in agriculture or in self-driving cars. Are these the promising trends in sensor technologies today? I think so.、Uh, autonomous vehicles in、um, you know、uh, hi-fi、uh, smartphones and、um, many other industrial you know applications. These are the driving force of uh, uh, sensor research, and、uh, these are the、uh, factors that a lot of、uh, students are very interested in working in the area of、uh, sensors and actuators. What are some of the top journals within your field of research? In the sensor actuators area, you know、uh, there are lots of good journals for students to、uh, publish. Yeah, so they are depending on what exact research projects they are、uh, working on. Okay. So how do you recruit students who are interested in your research, and is there funding support that is available for new students who join in? Good question. In my lab, you know, when I have、um, a new research project funded, I will recruit a new graduate student, and the student will be supported as a research assistant or sort of like a mixture of、uh, research and uh, uh, teaching assistant, depending on the funding availability and the level of、uh, project. And、um, we also help students to apply for、uh, fellowships available within the department, within the college or university, or even outside the university. Such as、uh, National Science Foundation graduate research fellowships, these are the additional resource that we could、uh, use for supporting the students. Each student will work on a project that's funded, and this is the way that I、uh, recruit new graduate students. So, do the undergraduate students work with the graduate students under your supervision? Yes, we do have a mechanism of、uh, recruiting. Undergraduate student and、uh, guiding undergraduate students, providing opportunities to those undergraduate students、uh, in my laboratory. They mainly work on projects that already has a PhD graduate student or postdoc、uh, working on. So their involvement will not only help the project itself, but also help students themselves to build their skills in order for them to enter the area of、uh, sensors and actuators. That's great. If you see the facilities that we have within our department and even within Iowa State, within this field of sensing and actuation, how does our university compare with peer institutions, both within the United States and let's say at a global level? I would say facility-wise,、uh, nowadays we do have、uh, a very good set of equipments for students to use in this area. We do have、uh, equipment necessary for micro nano fabrication, characterization, as well as、uh, for different types of、uh, testing and different environments. These are the resources that、uh, our state has. 
for graduate students as well as undergraduate students to use, to learn, and to develop their skills with. So uh, could you think of uh, some of the exciting changes that is happening within microelectronics and photonics within our department? You mentioned some of the new facilities that we have or new instruments that we have. Could you elaborate a little bit on exactly what the instruments are or what they can do? And more importantly, how can students have access to these instruments? Sure. Uh, This is a fantastic question. Um, We recently acquired a set of new machines for research. These research have different participants of graduate and undergraduate students. One example is that through National Science Foundation, we acquired NanoScribe. NanoScribe is a machine, you can call it as a 3D nanoprinter. This is the world's best uh, 3D nanoprinter that produces complex 3D structures at a resolution of 50 or you know, 100 nanometer. In general, it's, um, it's very easy to produce uh, 200 nanometer. And uh, by adjusting some settings, you can go smaller, 100 or less than 100 nanometers. So okay. students have um, access to these facility. And even, you know, we also put those equipment in our uh, teaching. So this is a very good uh, tool that, you know, you can use, students can use to build their own device. Okay. So what would be the course that students would take and have access to these instruments? We do have a micro nano fabrication course. Uh, this is uh, EE432 slash 532. Okay. And this is uh, the course that provides opportunity to students to make their own devices through uh, microfabrication skills that they learned from lectures. Okay. Yeah, that is exciting. Uh, yeah. So how can students develop the skills needed to build their own sensors and measurement systems? What kind of courses should they take to prepare them for this field? And uh, do they need to complement classroom learning with actual hands-on learning in the laboratory? Right. Uh, this is a super good question. Yeah. So to build um, their own sensors and measurement system, uh, first of all, it's always fun to do those things. And besides passions and finance, right, you really need to have uh, necessary skills in hands in place, starting, for example, from choosing off-the-shelf sensors, developing new sensors, all the way to using data acquisition, communication devices, and then uh, choosing even right software, drivers, and softwares like that. And we do have a great set of uh, courses in our department that can help graduate students to build their skills in order for them to be exposed in this area. So the courses uh, talk about, uh, for example, optoelectronic devices, semiconductor devices and physics, microsystems, circuit design, instrumentation, and the embedded systems even. And um, so these courses definitely, you know, are worse of um, uh, you know, being taken. And then uh, I believe these courses can help uh, graduate students to prepare them in this field. So on a related question, there is only so much time for students to take all these courses. Do you suggest students to specialize in a subfield such as microelectronics, VLSI, or data science, or to take courses in multiple disciplines, even those outside the department? Yes. So uh, in general, graduate students come with their interest in specific field when they join my research group. They already have something in mind that they want to explore and pursue. 
So they spend most of the time on the research projects. But if time permits, if research、uh, needs certain disciplines, other disciplines than、um, you know sensor or electrical engineering, it would be a very good idea to explore in other areas, which can not only broaden their knowledge but also help、uh, their ongoing projects. Yes. So the answer is yes. Taking other courses in other fields is. It's a bigger plus that's needed not only for developing skills but also for helping、uh, ongoing research. So I assume in in your particular research topics you would get or you would draw students from not only from engineering but even in the sciences. Yes, exactly. So, for example, we call. Uh, advise students in other department, for example, physics department as well as the agronomy department at our state. So you have been teaching courses within the department, and from basic electronics to bioengineering. Could you elaborate a little bit on the course syllabus that you have taught? Yes. So I regularly、uh, teach undergraduate course electrical engineering EE two thirty electronic. Circuits and systems. So that course provides basic understanding of、uh, electronic circuits. For example,、uh, the filters and、um, BJT transistors,、uh, diodes, and、uh, rectifier, like these basic uh, modular uh,、um, circuits. And this can help us、uh, help students to build systems later. And、um, I also teach、uh, biomedical engineering BME three forty one biomedical devices and nanotechnology, as well as graduate course micro electromechanical systems. So a lot of、uh, students、uh, come from not only electrical in the computer engineering department, but also other you know engineering、uh, departments. As well as、uh, chemistry, I did have、uh, multiple students in my class, my graduate course class from a chemistry department and a physics department. Yeah, that is interesting. So,、yeah. for students who take your course、uh, EE 230 Basic Electronics, what are the future courses that they should take to build a foundation in electronics? Yeah, so depending on the sequence or their interest, they can go different routes or sequence. Okay, like、uh, you know, semiconductor or VLSI or you know, power or many others. So two thirty is really a foundation course that help、uh, students to get a、um, basic idea about what electronics is about. So, what kind of jobs are available for students who graduate from your research group, both undergraduate and graduate students? Yeah, so、um, my、uh, students, graduate and undergraduate students, went to different industry companies as well as,、um, for especially for a PhD student, they also go to academia、okay. uh, to pursue their uh, different uh, interests and career. Some names are like、uh, ASML, like a semiconductor equipment company, Skyworks,、uh, Amazon, Epic. These are the companies that I see my students currently working in. So, what kind of skill sets are these companies looking for when they interview your students? Are they looking at publications? Are they looking at personality? Are they looking at research projects that they were involved in? Are they looking at communication skills? I th- I think uh, uh, summarized very well. I think、uh, you know all of the all, above. All of the above. <laughs>、uh, you know, in your question, and but particularly you know, for students,、um, for especially graduate students,、uh, they really want to develop their skills, right? And、um, the development of skills 
are validated or are shown in their resume uh, through publications, through communications, through reports like that. So what advice would you give to our students who want to build a career in sensors and actuators? Well, um, I think uh, my suggestion would be not only for people in this area, but also in general. Uh, my, uh, uh, hopefully that's for general. You know, my um, two cents would be uh, spend your time on research projects, go deep and then go broad. Broaden your knowledge means you know, to get a wider view of a um, topic, uh, perhaps from different angles or by studying related topics, not just limited to what you are exactly doing. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with our listeners. I hope this information will be valuable to our students. Thank you again. Thank you for having me again. Thanks, Santosh.